This is Dr. Anastasia Chopoulos, the scientific healer, and today I'm going to talk about the importance of your relationships and how that affects your immune system. And it turns out that it is a really enormous. It is uh, uh, actually a lot, a lot greater than I even thought it would be. So there are eight factors that affect your health, your well-being, your overall satisfaction in life, and uh, also your longevity. And in fact, studies from major universities show that these eight factors are in this particular order, and it's actually pretty surprising. So number one in all studies happens to be your relationships. And then two through eight in this particular order are your career, because you spend so much time doing it, creative expressions that you can express you, your spirituality, your financial health, your sexual health, your mental and emotional health, and your physical health. Those are the eight factors, right? So, you know, they're all important. It's not like you can just leave one off. And you need to attend to all of them at some point or another. You just can't ignore it. But um, your relationships are at the very top of that list. So research at Harvard pointed out your long-term health is more dependent on your social connections, your support system consisting of your family, your friends, and your community. When they're beneficial to you, in other words, you feel satisfied and happy with them and well-connected, they can be more important than adequate sleep, good nutrition, and not smoking. And that is really huge. This is from Har coming directly from Harvard Medical School. And that's one of the top medical schools in the country. And then conversely, okay, so you say, well, what if I don't have a lot of good social connections or good support system? And um, the lack of these social ties tends to lead to depress depression, cognitive decline, you know, early cognitive decline, and a premature death, right? So one study examined data for more than 300,000 people and found that the lack of strong relationships increased the risk of premature death from all causes by 50%. That is a huge effect on mortality, and that is similar to smoking 15 cigarettes a day and greater than obesity and physical activity. So, you know, you can imagine that's why social support groups, you know, 12-step groups or any kind of other groups or groups that uh, have hobbies, like you can have a, go to a rock hounding club or you can go to a dancing group, whatever. People like need to connect with people and this is one day, one way to do it. Or let's say you belong to a strong church community. My parents have been in the same church community for 60 years, for example. So you can imagine that uh, this kind of support, like, you know, I've been in that same church and I've watched people grow and grow and grow, you know. We started out as little kids together and now we're all grandparents, right? So you're in this same group and you feel connected to them and it's super duper important. And 
you know, they're, the scientists and the, the researchers are trying to guess, like, what is the real reason that this happens? And they're, they're thinking that it has to do with the level of stress hormones that you're releasing. But that's not necessarily the case. But all, you know, additional stress hormones, noradrenaline, adrenaline, and uh, cortisol, as those elevate, you know, a lot of things start breaking down in the body because when you are in that sympathetic state, when your adrenals are firing, your body is breaking down. There's no chance for it to to get to healing, right? When you're in the parasympathetic um, system or state, that means your adrenals are quiet and your body is able to repair itself, like when you have a restful sleep. And not all, um, not all relationships are healthy. Some are unhealthy, and we'll get to how to help those in a moment. I'll be talking about, you know, what to do. And there are, there is one study that looked at first-year marriages, right? So first-year marriages, you think, oh, these people just got together. They're like super happy together. But you know, you still have those beginning growing pains arguments. So the, the interesting thing they did with these uh, newlyweds was they examined the stress levels felt by each partner right after an argument. And so in this study of newlyweds, the ones that felt the most stress after those arguments were the ones that tended to be divorced, you know, sometime between then after the first year and 10 years. And that is what you would call an unsuccessful relationship, right? So, and these correlated with those greater stress hormones, they had lower immune systems. And the ones with the fewer stress hormones in those first year arguments, they had better immune systems. So then we looked at studying um, uh, UCLA, so this was all at Harvard, UCLA looked at studying your genetic code, right? Your, what, what was going on in your genes. So that, this new field of science coming up over the last 10, 20 years is called epigenetics. And what they notice is that in your uh, genetic code, there is a way to turn on and off a gene. It's called methylation. The, the thing that they noticed is that people in beneficial relationships had, had a, a positive alteration of their genetic code. In other words, their DNA um, genes that the part of your genes that turned on um, diseases, right? It turned on diseases um, was, you know, was not there, wasn't present. In other words, they had a beneficial, a beneficial change to their immune system. So their immune systems were stronger, they were more resilient to diseases, and so on. And those that had, that were in that stressful contingent, right, they had um, detrimental changes to their, their DNA. In other words, the disease genes got switched on. So they were less resilient, they got more diseases, they got sicker, and they were under a lot more stress. And so there was one further step that UCLA took in looking at how epigenetics changes 
um, when you have uh, when you're happy. So they looked at two kinds of happiness. So there's two two ways that an individual can be happy, and it's it depends on your relationship to yourself, right? It's still a relationship. So there's two ways you can be happy. One is that you seek pleasure and you avoid pain. So that's like you know going and eating a, some ice cream or uh, you know taking yourself to the fair or out to dinner. You're going for pleasure and avoiding pain, right? And then there's the other kind where you do someone a favor, right? And you don't ask for anything back or you're helping someone or you're you know, you're doing a good job at whatever it is that you do, whether you're a janitor or a teacher or uh, run a company. If you do a good job of that and you're helping other people by giving them a place to work, then it's beneficial to you. And it can also drive your happiness level up. But the interesting thing is both people felt happy, right? Whether you were going for that ice cream or that chocolate, like my grandson loves his chocolate. And you just say the word chocolate and his whole face lights up, right? He's extremely happy about the chocolate. And, um, but that is seeking pleasure, right? But there's no, there's no deeper purpose to it. But once you have a deeper purpose to something, there's something in your body that changes. And so they saw that what they called the hedonistic, meaning just seeking pleasure for pleasure's sake, all the, all the empty kind of pleasure did not improve your genes, even though you're happy. So it's not just the happiness, it's the quality of the happiness. And so you just can't be happy, happy, happy and hope for the best, but there has to be some meaning behind the happy. And there's something, I think there's something about your subconscious that understands the difference in energy and it changes. It's as if just seeking pleasure and avoiding pain isn't enough to expand your life, to extend your life because you don't have any purpose. And somewhere in your subconscious it says, well, if you're not gonna do anything useful, you may as well not be here. And that's something that's internal built to all of us because that, that's, that's your relationship to yourself, right? What you choose in life. And that, that truly and totally surprised me. That took me out like this, like it knocked me right off my chair when I read it. Now I'm going to switch gears and talk about, okay, what do you do about those relationships in your life that aren't working? And I'm talking about other people now. You know, the stuff that's going on with yourself, these are decisions that you need to make yourself. And I have lots of solutions for how to go about that. But right now, I'm just going to talk about relationships with other people. And so the question you can ask yourself, like, do I really need to deal with that? That person's long gone out of my life, for example. That person's way out of my life. I haven't thought about them in 10 or 20 years. And the answer is really... So if you think about them, like it's been 25 years since I've gotten divorced from, from um, my children's father, right? So just my, by my saying that, I brought him into my energy field. And as soon as you think of them, are you angry? Are you grateful? Are you uh, wanting to get even with them? Are you sad? And anytime it evokes a lower energy emotion 
shame, guilt, fear, sadness, sorrow, anger, rage, anytime you're in that place, jealousy, in that lower energy place, you are still in a relationship with them and you are exchanging poopy energy with them and it's pulling you down. And those are relationships that need attending to. And what you're doing is you're carrying around a big bag of stinking laundry around and you're lugging it around. It's your old baggage. And it's easier to just let that old baggage go. And you know that you're over it is if you're grateful, thankful, or forgiving that other person. That means you've let them go in some way, right? And then what if you have someone in your life right now? And the answer is, if you think of, you know, make a list of the five closest people to you, if anybody is making you, is having you start thinking about any of those low energy emotions, like, you know, disappointment, upset, any, any, any way that you go into that, that place, that also means that those people need to be, their, their relationship needs to be cleaned up. So there's 14 ways energetically that we connect with other people. There's 14 different steps to take, but fortunately there's only three major steps that need to be taken that you need to clean up with other people. And you know, and then there's a bonus fourth. The the fourth is, you know, pulling your energy back from everywhere you leave it. Like if you say something to someone, like I'm speaking to you right now, and you are getting my you I am giving my energy to you and you're giving your energy to me by paying attention right so at the end I always exchange my energy and pull it back and cut the cords so I can release you but um, so so the the three steps that I take is I look at and we talked a little bit about this last time near field and distant uh, interactions with people. So in this case, it's uh, the distance interaction. It is called a cord. So we form lines of energy between us and another person and exchange energy. And the quality of those cords and what you exchange is kind of important, right? So we form cords with all our significant people. And mostly it's through the heart, right? If it's heart to heart, it's a very healthy uh, energy exchange and then the second the second way we connect significant way we connect is that we form behavioral rules right when we meet somebody you make an odd an almost instantaneous decision like oh that's somebody I'd like to date no I don't no not my type oh that's somebody I'd like to be friends with you know, and if it's a relative, you already know the rules, how you're going to behave with them, right? So, so I call those contracts and agreements. And a lot of times we form them too quickly and then they become obsolete and you want to switch them. And there is a very quick and easy energetic process for doing that. And then the last Thing is what I would call karma. It is not really karma. It's not like the thing that comes back and bites you in the rear end because you did something bad to somebody and now you're going to get it back. No, it's not retribution karma. It is just simply uh, what you've agreed to do 
before you've met that person, you know, the thing that you've agreed to carry out. And so what we do is we clear up all of those old behavioral patterns so you stop having this compulsion to do it over and over again. Like, um, you know, I, I felt in the beginning when I was much younger that, that all men were the same. And a lot of people will do that. No, it's you that's the same. They're different. It's just that we fit them into some sort of pattern of behavior. And there is a really easy way to get rid of it. Taking care of these, I just want to tell you a little bit about the results that I've gotten with people. Taking care of these have helped release rage and anger toward people in a matter of minutes, right? Just, it's a really simple process. Um, one of the people, Janine, she had a 20-year feud with one of her sisters. She had two sisters, and it made going home for the holidays super unpleasant. They were in their 50s at this point. And she had this uh, horrible feud going, and every time they'd get together, there would be this, like, really horrible tension in the family. And then she would say, oh, I'm never going to do that again. I don't want to be in her presence. So she went through this process, and yes, I have a free process. It's a little mini course, and the, the link is there in the Facebook window. It's scientifichealer.com forward slash relationship. And it will take you right to the free course that you can sign up and go through. And it goes through these processes. Then to finish the story is she did this little mini course. And to finish the story is she went home the following Christmas. And she said her sister was totally pleasant. They had the best time ever. Her sister couldn't figure out how she had changed. And, you know, and of course, Janine had no idea that it was her that did the changing. So I get this question a lot. If I change, do, doesn't the other person have to participate? And the answer is no, they don't have to know about it. Because that you have an energy exchange going on all the time. If you clean up your side of the street, then theirs has to clean up. They can't do anything about it. They have no choice in the matter. If you decide to cut a cord, it falls away. They can't unless you invite them back in. They can't record to you unless you allow it, right? So I have many, many more case studies, but the important thing is that uh, this, this process is highly, highly effective. You know, I'm offering it to you for free. It's five lessons. It's a five-step process, and there's little homework uh, assignments to help you uh, go through it, and their lessons are about 10 to 15 minutes each. And I hope you enjoy it. It's at scientifichealer.com forward slash relationship. And it helps uh, clean up your relationship space. You can, do, you can run through it uh, one person at a time. I, I suggest one person at a time, lessons three through five, because lessons one and two, you've done all the homework. And then lessons three for, through five is the actual clearing process. And then the other question you might be asking is, how can that work by listening to a recording? When I do a process um, and it's being recorded, the energy of my voice gets the process going because it is in the carrier waves to the microphone and then the microphone picks it up. And um, I discovered that uh, about seven, eight years ago when I recorded a healing 
that I did via telephone. I recorded it and I listened back to it to edit it. And it was a healing lesson. And I could feel my energy moving and I'm going, wow, what's going on? Oh yeah, I was doing that. Oh yeah, I was doing that. So then I started experimenting and sending lessons to sensitive people and they also noticed a change. So I hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you being here. If this was helpful to you, please give it a thumbs up or a five-star rating. Share it with your friends and be sure to subscribe to my channel. I will see you same time again next time, same place. Thank you, thank you, thank you.